Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, Jen, before we start into the podcast today, I want to get to our five-star question and reviews of the week. So this week, we don't have any questions, but we actually did get some five-star reviews. So um, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of our reviewers, and some of them, if um, I am messing up the names, then I apologize because the names that you left on Apple Podcasts are a bunch of letters and numbers. (laughs) So uh, first one here is just someone said, hey, this is a great variety of topics. These podcasts are a great way to learn on my daily commute so much that I wasn't aware of, and the hosts are wonderfully entertaining. Aw. That's very nice. So thank you to Coco Livy. I'm just going (laughs) to... So thank you to Coco Livy there. Uh, The next five-star review said, you know, the subject is, I love the variety. They are not pigeonholed to any one type of historical era or subject. I've learned a lot. Great podcasts and episodes. And that is from SJBTMS. Cool. So thank you to SJBTMS. Uh, and one more from someone that you may know. This is a five-star review. The subject is history made interesting. I'm not typically a history fan, but I love talk with history. That is from Allie Girl 510. <laughs> yeah, I know her. Yes, you do know her. So again, thank you to thank you to those three for leaving us a f- some five-star reviews. We truly appreciate it, and it does help the show. Uh, for anybody else listening, if you guys want to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or share the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, where we interview folks while chatting about history over a couple of drinks, and we let that conversation wander where it may. So you may not have thought of graveyards as a place of history, but with just a little bit of research, you'd be surprised at what historical figures are resting in your local area cemetery. This kind of curiosity and other YouTube channels like our friends over at Whitdock Cemetery Tours and the History Hunters brought us to Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland, Ohio. So, Jen, why don't you tell us about Lakeview Cemetery and who we visited there? Sure. So, what opened us up to this cemetery? Because cemeteries, since doing this video, we, we have ventured more into cemetery tours because we found them so interesting and had so much history in them. But what brought us to this cemetery was President Garfield, 20th president of the United States. I worked at the James Garfield house in Mentor, Ohio. The James Garfield house was James Garfield's summer home um, in Ohio. It was like a farmhouse. He lived there while he was president. He had bought it before he was president. And after he was assassinated, his family continued to live there. So, I had worked there. I did an internship with the National Park Service. And when doing that internship, everyone 
would ask me, have you been to his grave? Have yeah. you been to his and, mausoleum? And you, you mentioned that to me a couple times, like that you wanted to yes. go visit it. And so it's not close by. Mentor is about halfway between where we lived in Erie and Cleveland. And his grave is in Cleveland. Yeah. This, this cemetery is in Cleveland. So we would have to make like the trip to go see it. So I had talked you into it. Let's go to the cemetery. Let's go see uh, President Garfield. But in doing the research for who else is in Lakeview Cemetery, we were like blown away. Yeah, and so there was there were some big. I mean, there were some names that I even knew. A couple that I didn't, and I kind of had to be reminded. Sure. But but to put this all in context, when Jen says, "Hey, we had we did more cemetery. You know, went to started going to cemeteries more and did more cemetery tours. I had never once." <laughs> thought of going to a cemetery to, to like learn history yeah right so there was arlington we had done, We'd arlington, done arlington just before this yes and this was after it and it would and really the the driver was because you were working at the james garfield presidential library yes the james garfield house yes and so when we finally went down there so tell so why don't you tell our listeners about some of the other kind of larger than life historical figures that are buried at this cemetery in cleveland it's amazing because there if you get onto their website they have kind of like a mission statement and it's like Lakeview Cemetery is committed to providing interment services to all races and religions while preserving its grounds and status as a nationally recognized landmark of historical significance. Now, I just read that and that's kind of the conclusion we come to just by being there. Just by being there, I was like, these are people of all races. These are people of all religions. These that's are people of all the classes. I say this because... Yeah. The richest man in America for for years is buried in Lakeview Cemetery. John D. Rockefeller yeah. is buried in Lakeview Cemetery. And then you also get like the first African-American mayor of a major city is buried in Lakeview Cemetery. Right. And then we're getting like a lawman, Elliot Ness, is buried in Lakeview Cemetery. So these huge historic figures are coming out at us in this one place of burial yeah and, and again for if you don't recognize those names right off the bat this is john d rockefeller of railroads and yeah, oil, oil and yes. and rockefeller, you think center. rockefeller center in new york like he built that yeah his son built it his, but his, it's so, his so, money so, yeah his money his you know <laughs> all, all his work mm-hmm. right the major first black mayor of a, of a major city yeah you know um Elliot Ness. So if you've ever seen The Untouchables, the Untouchables. you know, for me, I knew Elliot Ness <laughs> from a Tupac song. Yeah. You know, you had no idea who he was. <laughs> I, I had I had no idea, but I had actually seen the movie. Um, yes. It's a Sean Connery and Kevin Costner movie. So there's some there's some there's some really not just the president. It's all these other people. Yeah. And so it opened in 1869 um, and it's still in use today it has interesting monuments like there was like a a crying lady monument by the lake and that was actually a lot more famous than i realized yes and they have like they have very interesting tombstones like we'll talk about alan freed and his tombstone looks like a jukebox yeah the the, the alan freed one was really interesting the crying lady so it's basically looks like an she kind of looks like an angel i don't mm-hmm. know if she's got the wings yeah but for some reason it's that kind of classic kind of rusty green yes and the, for the some reason the patina is, makes yeah. it looks like she's got tears mm-hmm. so it's very artistic and very it's a, it's it's very emotional yes it's it was and then when i started doing the video and making this video for youtube mm-hmm. I was like, this is actually really well known. It is. And it's actually, so different cemeteries have different 
missions, I would say. And Lakeview Cemetery's mission is really to be in the community. They want community involvement. They have a whole, and we see, you'll see it in our video. They have a whole Daffodil Hill and they want people to visit it. They want people to drive in their cemetery. Take pictures. They want people to walk. They want people to picnic. They want people to kids to play like they encourage that behavior where you'll get other cemeteries who very much discourage that behavior arlington is one of them so you have to be very aware of what the cemetery's purpose and what their mission is trying to accomplish this was much more of and we'll go into some of the characters but just up front this was much more of a tourist destination and even the people there when we were walking around visiting like they just started chatting with us Mm -hmm. Very friendly. You know, and they and they saw that we were making videos and nobody was really bothered by it. I think I mean, it was one of the first times we handed out our business card. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um so, so so Jen, who are the some of the first kind of historical figures we're we're gonna be talking a little bit about? Who do who do we see there? Well, so one of the ones I really wanted to talk about was Ray Chapman. And Ray Chapman was a baseball player. He played for the Cleveland Indians. And he was the only major league baseball player who has died from an injury of a ball during a game. And he was hit in the head with a baseball. This is this is 30 years before helmets. Before, So it's even after 30 years after he's hit and killed, they still don't introduce helmets. Um, and he is hit by a Yankee player, a pitcher named Carl Mays. And Carl Mays had the reputation for being kind of a wild pitcher anyway. But after he kills Ray Chapman... Um, his reputation pretty much goes downhill from there. But, um, yeah, and that grave, like, I mean, it had all sorts of stuff around it baseballs and gloves. Yeah. And people bought pennants, like yep. Cleveland Indian pennants. That's right. And people were, that's, th- those are the people who we gave our card to. Yeah. People were visiting that grave. So people come there for that grave. And, you know, he was only 29 years old. He was very young. And what I found interesting about him is, he his wife is pregnant when he dies and she has a daughter and they she gets remarried to a man in California and she ends up never really recovering from her husband's death and she ends up passing away where her husband in California just has her sent back to Cleveland and buried in Calgary Cemetery and I visit Calgary Cemetery in the Cleveland Torso Killer video. Oh. And then the daughter, actually, she dies not long after at eight years old from measles. Oh, my gosh. And she's actually buried in Calgary Cemetery, too. So I I sometimes find it sad when families are separated. I feel like they should be buried with Ray Chapman, you know? So that's kind of like something that I, you know, just I always like to look at find a grave and the connections people still have. Sure. Um. But no, Ray Chapman is a very popular grave because he was killed by a baseball in a major league and game. And I think he was pretty close to the radio DJ. No, the radio DJ is close to Elliot Ness. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So Elliot Ness, we can talk about Elliot Ness a little bit. So I was so excited. You were so excited. Because <laughs> I loved... The Untouchables. So if anyone has seen that movie with Kevin Costner and Sean Connery, to me, it's probably one of Sean Connery's best roles. He wins the Academy Award for yeah, it. for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, it's his only Academy Award. Yeah. He wins it for The Untouchables. Yeah. And he has the great line, we put it in the video, like, how far are you willing to go? Yeah. Like, you want to take down Al Capone? 
what are you prepared to do? Yeah. Because you've got to go all the way. Yeah, that, that's know? a classic. It's a classic kind of mobster era yes. movie, but for the cops, from the cops yes. side. Right. Now, the sad thing about The Untouchables is most of it is highly historically inaccurate. The movie. <laughs> the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're actually, I mean, there was a group, right? Elliot Ness, like they Absolutely. were actually him and like his yeah, his so other kind of straight six, stick cops. He had um, a small team and they were, the, they were, anti-prohibitionist so what they did what he did basically is he did he was he, he was brought in to take down al capone and how they and did then what they did is they basically cut out the middleman with his alcohol supply yeah and that's what they did and they kind of show that in the movie a little bit yeah and as they're doing that the problem is when they try to bring him up on charges of um you know prohibition is the the judge is paid off. Right. And that's what happens in real life. Right. Because Capone had paid everybody yes. off. Cops, yes. judges, So what happens is, is they, they actually are actually, they actually are able to bring him up on tax evasion charges. And uh, Elliot Ness, Elliot Ness's brother works for the treasury. And Elliot Ness is actually working for the treasury at this time as well. And um, it's actually the, the three charges stick and he gets sent to prison for 11 years. Yeah. And there is one moment when Ness and Capone actually meet. I think it's when Ness takes Capone from the jail and puts him on a, a plane to go to another bigger prison. Yeah, It's the one time they're actually like in the same space. But the whole point of the untouchables and this this term was coined by the Chicago newspaper for the six men that Ness gets around him is they can't be bought. Right. Capone can't pay them off. Yeah. And so they're untouchable by And they try to share that corruption. The yeah. They try to kind of yeah. explain why they're called the yeah. untouchables. Yeah. yeah. And so that kind of really makes <laughs> Elliot Ness's career. He moves on to Cleveland. So this is this is what opens us up to like, why is he in Cleveland? Why is Elliot Ness that made no sense? He's from Chicago, right? right. This whole Al Capone case is Chicago. Yeah. He's in, he comes to Cleveland after he's hired a safety director and this serial killer starts operating. Yeah, in which is another video. It's another do. video of ours. And we'll talk about it on another podcast. And in, in long story short, is he's unsuccessful in catching him. Yeah. It, it becomes, it tarnishes his career. And he ends up going, he ends up working for like a counterfeit company in Pennsylvania and uh, he he dies of a heart attack, very young, fifty four years old, and he dies relatively obscure. And then a book comes out about two years later yeah. called The Untouchables. Yeah, and his whole life is made. A TV show comes out, yeah. a movie comes out. Elliot Ness gains notoriety. He's yeah. in a song. Yeah, right. And now you think it, now he would never recognize the the famousness that he has because he wasn't that famous back Mm-mm. then right? he, he was very he was very tarnished and discouraged after what happens in cleveland yeah. but, so um and he was a alcoholic he was he was drinking a lot because again he felt very he couldn't solve that last case yeah and he burns down that shanty town yeah and that really just yeah and we'll and we'll talk about the, yeah but that's in another video there. and we'll talk about that on another podcast so again so we mentioned earlier that uh alan freed Mm-hmm. His grave is like across the street. It's so like right there. So Elliot Ness, if you see his tombstone, just so we can cover cover Elliot Ness real fast, he's actually not buried. He's that's right. His ashes are there, and yeah. they're not actually even 
by the tombstone. They're in the lake. Yeah. And the police department spread his ashes in the lake. Yeah, in the cemetery. In the cemetery. Right. So the tombstone is just kind of like a to mark that it's his a marker for him, yeah. Yeah, his ashes are close by, yeah. but not actually there. And then close to that lake is also Alan Freed. And mm-hmm. Alan Freed is the whole reason why the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame is in Cleveland. Yep. So he was a disc jockey to play African-American music and give credit to African-American artists. Oh, I don't think I realized that. And so he coins the term rock and roll. He comes up with that term. Yeah. And that is the whole reason it's in Cleveland because Cleveland invents and, and, rock and, and roll. And he was pretty big back in the time because even when I was making the video, yeah, I could Google something on YouTube. If you Google him on YouTube, you can find his old sure. TV shows. So after he does that, he starts having big concerts. Yep. And I think one of the things on his tombstones is one of the concerts he had. One of the first, the first rock and roll concert was in Cleveland. Then he gets hired by bigger TV shows. He kind of does a lot of what uh, Dick Clark does with the American Bandstand. Yep. But Alan Freed's career is ruined with um, he, he is part of the scandal where he's paid by certain record labels to play their artists' um, records. Right. And he does it. And so it's a huge scandal. He's discredited in the, in the community. He's totally ruined. And he ends up dying young of, again, alcoholism. Yeah. So, And his name is very tarnished where people don't associate Alan Reed with the same type of um, stardom as Dick, as Dick Clark. Right. Even though it's really Alan Freed who, who sets the stage for Dick Clark. Yeah. So, but Alan Freed, unfortunately, that scandal just yeah, and and career. just you know, if if you're if you're less interested in the historical aspect, and you let's say you live in the Cleveland area and you're going there, the the tombstone is just cool. It looks it's like amazing. it looks like a big juke. It looks box. like a big jukebox. It's it's really really neat. Mm-hmm. It and it and it stands out just because it's it's not your typical headstone. It literally looks, it's like about the size of yeah. what a jukebox would be. It's yeah. it's gigantic. And you can see it from Elliot Ness's. Uh, and, and for us, we weren't really expecting to go to his grave, yep. but because we could see it from Elliot Ness's grave and like, it was what so is that? neat, we yeah. walked over and we like, oh, and you can basically read his story on the tombstone. Yeah. Now, I had read also that he wasn't originally buried there, and then his ashes went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a long time, yeah. and then the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame asked for them to remove his ashes. And his, pa- his family put him in Lakeview Cemetery. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what that's all about, but that's kind of what happened there. Yeah. Now, there were some other ones, if and I'm trying to remember. Was... So, so of course, we do we do Carl Stokes. He's that first um, mayor of a, of a major city. He's the first black mayor of Cleveland. Yeah. And we go to his grave. We go to Garrett Morgan's grave. He was an inventor, the three-way traffic light and gas masks. Yes, so that's right. I, and I that think was pretty neat. And he's African-American. He's African-American as well. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so think about that. Let's pause really quick on that, <laughs> right? Traffic lights. Yes. Like this guy invented traffic lights, red, yellow, green. Yes. Like thing that everybody knows nowadays. Every everybody day. associates those colors with, you know, Go stop and slow down. Yeah. Or right? speed up. <laughs> or road rage or what yeah. have you, whatever city that you're living mm-hmm. in. This guy. Garrett Morgan. Garrett Morgan invented that as well as gas masks. Gas I masks. mean, talk about two completely opposite things. You safety. Know? Very safety. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wise. Very safety oriented. Mm-hmm. But I mean, gas masks. So when about, do we remember when he. No, but they're very like premature gas masks. Like okay. the basic, the big, the. 
their they're precursor. Pre- yeah, precursor to yeah. what would actually be used but probably today. in war and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. But uh, that was just like it was such neat. a random, super interesting. And he was kind of a, a little bit further away. Yes. From some of the So this folks. is a big cemetery. It's 235 acres. Yeah, it's it was gigantic. It's a very big cemetery. So you have to, it's again, you have to know where you're going. You have to get a map. Yeah. You have to kind of plot out the the graves like even for garrett morgan i remember we have his section and lot number but we had to walk around yeah, and look for to, a little we had, bit we had to look around for a little while um we go to salisbury so i was gonna ask was that Dr. where salisbury, salisbury yeah. so this is like the salisbury state guy so <laughs> yeah. if you walk go if you go and watch our video and the video link will be in the podcast mm-hmm. you know notes description here um you know, I, I kind of show like a quick picture of like, hey, what's a Salisbury steak again? Yeah. You know, if you're not a if you're not a big meat eater or whatever, right? But this is the guy that came up with the Salisbury Salisbury, or this is you know, it was named after him. It was named after him. So he comes. He's a doctor who starts to see the benefits of a meat centered diet. So basically, he sees the benefits of high protein, sure. right? And so the Salisbury steak is named after him. Was he wasn't he Scottish or something like that? I think so. But it's basically just a steak with gravy. Yeah. Basically, back in the day when steaks were really dry, because you can imagine just yeah. cooking them over like kind of spit or something, sure. to way to make them edible was probably to put some kind of gravy on them and to eat them. So yeah, thank put, you. Put some of the extra juices on yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> but no, one of the bigger graves we saw was, of course, John D. Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. His, his grave is huge. It's huge. So he has a huge obelisk. Yeah. And he's buried, I think it's so funny, he's buried beside his mother yeah. and his wife. Yeah, shocker. Right between them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and you know what I didn't know <laughs> that you taught me while we were there is people, there was all this money laying around. Money. And I'm like, not just not just pennies. Yeah, and oh, it's like dollar bills. Dollar like 20s, bills. Yeah. People know. leave money on his grave and they do that because... There's a superstition that if you leave money on Rockefeller's grave, your your personal money will multiply yeah. the way Rockefeller's money multiplied. Yeah. But Rockefeller, I mean, he made his money in a way that I, I say this on the video. You can't make your money today. No. He monopolized Standard Oil. Yeah. He cut out all middlemen. He overpriced so middlemen couldn't afford transportation. And then once he owned all the oil, he could jack up the prices. Yeah. And, and so... And again, I didn't really understand this until I started making making the video. When when Jen says monopolize the oil mm-hmm. industry, it was a true and legitimate monopoly. Yeah. If so, I do. I show a picture of because the U.S. government eventually yeah. they they broke up Standard Oil. They won't let you do that anymore. Yeah, because so, so, it's not fair to. And so there there's a tree. The so there's a picture. Right. There's a picture kind of showing like when Standard Oil was broken up into three or four things and then three or four things from each of those. And then all the big name companies, Exxon, yeah. Mobil, all those, they all were born from stand, Standard Oil. Yes. If you look at that video, pause it on that section and just look at what Standard Oil was, everything that came from it. And you'll see all the big name oil, mm-hmm. oil companies today are like, Oh my gosh, he he basically owned like the entire world supply. Yes. You know, and supplied oil to the entire world at yes. the time. Yes, he did. And it doesn't support free market. It doesn't support no, so. not at all. That's <laughs> so, a smidge of a monopoly. Yeah. But he so he tries to make good, right? So Rockefeller goes, oh, I'll buy this uh these twenty two acres in Manhattan and I'll build all these buildings yeah. and I'll make it so I'm doing something good for society and you know, we'll build uh 
Rockefeller Center and we'll build 30 Rock and we'll build a bunch of different yeah, buildings. Yeah, so that show 30 Rock, that's yeah. 30 Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center. Rockefeller Center, yeah, it's him. Yeah. It's him. So it's very interesting. He lives to be a very old, too. He lives to be 98 years old. So. Yeah, I mean, talk about just a guy who just won't quit <laughs> in every single way. <laughs> he was the first billionaire in the U.S. And then, um, of course, we go to... Garfield. Yeah, that so, was cool. James Garfield, 20th president of the United States, um, assassinated. He was shot in the train station in Washington, D.C. on September 18th, 1881. And he, um, no, actually, I, I'm sorry. He shot July 2nd, 1881. He dies September 18th, 1881. Yeah. And we, now remind me, that was, his was the mausoleum. We didn't get to go inside. Yes, because of COVID, you couldn't go inside. And it's a large, I mean, it's, it's it's a huge monument. I would love to go back and get a chance to go inside. I mean, at the time, it was like 135,000. It took nine years to build. So he dies in 1881. Like most presidents, he lays in state at the Rotundra in the Capitol. Then he goes on, again, like a, a, a funeral train tour. Same thing they did with Lincoln. Yeah. And he's brought back to Cleveland. And then he's put, he's, He's at Lakeview in a vault and he's kept there for nine years until they build this mausoleum. And it's it's huge. We saw it. it's beautiful. Yeah. Stained glass it's, windows. It's, it's gorgeous from the outside. We weren't allowed to go inside. We were inside the and there's a big twelve foot marble statue of him inside. And yep. he's buried there beside his wife. Well, they're not even buried, they're entombed. Yeah. So their coffins are visible with their yeah. um, with the American flag on yeah, his and coffin. I, and, I, and in the video, I, sh- I show some some pictures mm-hmm. right that are that are publicly available online. So, yep. so if you again, if you watch the video, you can kind of see what it looks like inside. If you ever want to go visit for yourself, I'd go back just to visit. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, but he's a he's a an interesting president because he's basically killed more or less by his doctors. Yeah, that's right. Because he. They keep, this is before washing your hands. This is for using gloves. Yeah. This is for sterilizing instruments. So because he's shot in the back and it goes into his abdomen, doctors keep trying to check for the bullet. Because they never track. got it out. They never got it out. And yeah. they keep trying to get it out. and They can't quite find it. And they keep sticking dirty instruments and Ugh. dirty fingers. He dies of blood poisoning gangrene. And so his the defense of his assassin is that I shot him, but I didn't kill him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So that's what he says. And he was actually, and I didn't realize it, he was actually a pretty popular president he when he was elected. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was very popular. So he was a general in the Civil War. Yeah. He's a great orator. What an amazing speaker. Yeah. And he was well educated. He he was taught at um Hiram College. And that's a that's what some of the murals on the side of the mausoleum yeah. have him t- being a teacher, being a professor. Yep. So and he was very well liked. And that's at the time, the two sides couldn't decide on a president. And they both kind of dug in their heels. And then someone said, well, what about Garfield? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's basically how he won the presidency. They called him the dark horse because no one expected him to win. And then he won. Yeah. He was like the one person that everybody could agree upon. Like, yeah, actually, I think he'd be pretty good. Like, we we really don't like these other two, but he'd be pretty good. He'd be pretty good. So that's, that's how he won. Yeah. Um. So that was that was neat. And I wanted to see that. So that was very important. And this was the first time that we, we had brought the kids with us. And um, my middle son really took an interest because we had spoken about a, a school tragedy. Yeah, that's right. There was a, was a monument. That's right. 169 
children were killed in a fire in 1908 at a school in Cleveland. And there was a a monument to them. So I was talking about that, and my middle son was very interested in that. Well, and, and I didn't realize that that particular event, again, that happened in Ohio. Yes. But it was the reason that they changed a lot of safety codes they did. in schools, in schools. Right? And, mm-hmm. and part of what happened was that all the kids were trying to rush out of this cafeteria, and the, the, the doors swung inwards Yes. and not outwards. And obviously, they were panicking. They didn't realize this. And so now, if you ever go into... a a space like that all doors in large auditoriums like that they all swing out and that was that was because of this tragedy yeah and it's yeah it was very you know of course a lot of safety protocols born of tragedy yeah you know and that was one of them and it was there's a lot of children you know so it was a pretty sad thing and of course my son took interest in that and so we had we had to talk about that of course but um i think one of the other graves we see here is Devereaux. Oh, yes. So that's just something that always stuck out in my mind is those three characters walking home from the American Revolution. There's a famous painting. And I just had always seen it recreated. Yeah. Right? So, so again, most people listening to this, because I had no idea. Sure. Right. And I'm not sure you even did. I mean, mm-hmm. you may have because you're super smart, <laughs> but smart. most folks won't know Devereaux. They won't yeah. even trying to describe the painting of the three men walking kind of across a battlefield, one kind of drumming. One carrying the American flag. One carrying the American and flag. And one kind of injured playing the flute. Right. And it's been recreated. It's been recreated. Like, like Mickey, Donald, and Goofy recreated it. Yeah. I think they recreated it a lot like in just cartoons and yeah. stuff. And again, we, we show the pictures on the mm-hmm. video. But it was just so neat. So Devereaux was one of the models. models. One of the models for the painting. Yeah. Yeah. The original painting. Just yeah. kind of, again, such a random aside for such a, a, a pretty famous painting. Yeah. Right. Again, it's been recreated and reacted and, <laughs> you know, across cartoons and all sorts of stuff. If yeah. you look it up online or if you watch our video, you'll recognize it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Again, this, was, this was such a fun one to do because it was uh, unexpectedly just a nice afternoon. Um, this was the first time that I thought of local cemeteries as places to visit. And the first time outside of Arlington National Cemetery that I viewed a, a city cemetery as more of an afternoon destination on a nice day. Because you never know who might be resting right in your hometown. So again, thank you to those lists for Thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. That's talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think today's topic would be interesting. Shoot them a text, tell them, look it up, Talk With History podcast, or better yet, just send them a direct link to today's episode because we rely on you, our community, to grow and we appreciate you all every day. We will talk to you next time. Thank you.